Welcome to the People's Crypto Breakdown on Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday, May 11th, 2018. I apologize for singing. My name is David. My co-host is... Chris. And he is working on the microphone. I didn't quite set it up right. We are taking applications for an audio technician. So send those apps through our uh, SoundCloud website or get in touch with us through Apple Podcasts. We'll pay you... How much Bitcoin per day would we pay? We'll pay you in David and Chris coin. Yes. uh, We'll pay you through our ICO. (laughs) And there is uh, the David and Chris coin... It's predicted to go to one trillion dollars per yeah. coin, so it's it's really a win-win situation for. I think you. it. I think it was predicted to go to one trillion uh, Brian and Dave coins. I think you might need to back up on the microphone. <laughs> a little back up just a bit. Six inches. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, let's get to it. Cryptos are getting hammered today. Let's pull up some numbers. They're down about fifteen percent. On the day, so Bitcoin, wow, is at 8,300, down 8% for the day. Bitcoin Cash, down 15% for the day at 1,300. Ethereum is down 10% for the day. It's at 665. And Litecoin is down 12% on the day at 133. So right off the bat, what I'm noticing is... There was a run up in cryptos and Bitcoin would go up maybe eight or 10 percent in the day. And then all the other currencies, especially the smaller ones, would go up, you know, 20 percent, 30 percent in the day. And people were saying, oh, this is the fall of Bitcoin. Oh, it's time to buy all the alt altcoins, all the alternative coins like the smaller ones. Um, why would anyone buy Bitcoin compared to EOS or Bitcoin Cash? Well, days like today, Bitcoin, uh, I'm, I should say Bitcoin Classic is down about half as much as the rest of cryptos. So as much as you could call Bitcoin secure, uh, it, it seems to perform better on down days than a lot of the same altcoins that people were holding up as the better investments compared to Bitcoin. Um, just something to think about. I have most of my crypto holdings in Bitcoin still. I am not particularly risk averse. I consider having some amount of cryptos, some discretionary money in cryptos as a certain amount of risk. So given that, I'll hold probably the most stable, least volatile coin that there is, which is Bitcoin. Uh, Chris, any thoughts? Uh, I think right now the market, they're all fluctuating uh, similarly. The, the, unless, I think everybody always wants, well, I want something that gets me a thousand percent return, but I want it to be no risk. And <laughs> you just don't get that. Uh, I got I to back away. There we go. Right there. Um, so I, I, you're going to get a lot more, ex- exponentially more risk with a, with an ICO, but you're going to get the upside of getting 10,000 percent return. 
but you got a bank that out of 10,000 of them probably 10,000 of those coins so are going what's to an be ICO Introductory Let, coin let's pretend offering. we're listening we're, we're talking to our aunts introductory, introductory coin offering uh, so basically you're buying a coin before it hits the market uh, it helps the people that are behind the coin, coin raise money uh, by giving out some of their essentially equity of their market or their coins and uh, so you usually get these for a couple cents a coin and the thought is that they'll go to thousands of dollars and uh, the truth is that they usually will go to zero or one penny so yeah, I, I see a lot of ICOs where the coins never really take off or they never even make it to the marketplace or a marketplace which means they have no value uh, or no no value to exchange for uh, dollars um, so you do run the risk and but some of these have taken off and for those people they you know they make good returns uh, but I think if you want something stable return we see incredibly large gains and losses in the more stable cryptocurrencies like if you go on GDAX or Coinbase the Bitcoin the Bitcoin Cash the Ethereum the Litecoin um, you can still watch these and get into these coins and make considerable returns uh, but they're backed by a considerable market. So you, you may lose, like right now we're going through a drop and it might hit 20%. But it's, there's, I would say if we lost 20% or 50%, there's likely that there's going to be a regaining of that. Um, where with a, a ICO, uh, it would go to zero or it will never hit the market and you'll never get it back. You'll never rebound. Um, so I think there's, you have with a with a stable coin such as Bitcoin, uh, you have big returns, but you have your risk is I wouldn't I don't know if I could put a number of how much less, but it's considerably less than uh, an ICO. So I would I would stay with coins that are tried and true. And even to to something I was speaking about earlier, boring old Bitcoin is only down 7% today, whereas the altcoins that everyone was looking to to be the real investments, the, the smart investments, well, Bitcoin Cash is off 14%. EOS, which is supposed to be the next coming of Bitcoin, is down 17% on the day. Litecoin down 11%. Cardano down 16%. So Bitcoin, boring old Bitcoin, is only losing about half of what the other coins are. The, the coins that were supposed to be the smart investments a month ago or two weeks ago. So in so much as there is a safe cryptocurrency, it does seem to be Bitcoin on days like today. Yeah, I mean, the bigger market, I think, is going to allow it to remain more stable. Uh, I think it's just how much is back, how much is backing into that market, is backed by how much dollars have are backing that market um, is creating the stability. So cryptos are down anywhere from 10 to 20 percent today. This is our third straight day of losses last weekend so seven days ago we were testing bitcoin 10,000 we have sold off ever since 
coming ever so close to breaking that largely symbolic price point. I did do some buying earlier this morning and I will continue to buy Bitcoin, Ethereum and Litecoin on down days. The reason for today's sell-off, well, no one truly knows. Sources are pointing to an investigation of a South Korean exchange called Upbit. First, let's discuss Upbit a little bit. Upbit is South Korea's largest cryptocurrency exchange and is actually the fourth largest exchange worldwide. So they are essentially like the Coinbase of Korea. Upbit is being investigated by Korean authorities for some alleged fraud. And Chris, feel free to jump in at any time. Uh, South Korean authorities believe Upbit has lied on its financial statements in order to deceive investors. So South Korean police have seized Upbit computers and are doing some auditing of the company. I'm not sure if Upbit is still functioning as an exchange. so. If you hold some Bitcoin on Upbit's uh, exchange on their wallet, I'm not sure if you're still able to transact with it or not. But they are being looked at by South Korean investigators. Uh, an audit is currently being carried out on the company. The bottom line for me, well, Upbit is simply just an exchange. They are not Bitcoin itself. They're not Ethereum itself. They're not Litecoin itself. They're not a cryptocurrency. They're just an exchange. So they're a place where cryptos can be bought or sold. This would be a sell-off in cryptos today because an exchange is shutting down or being reprimanded in some way would be like if a local farmer's market was caught about lying, lying on their balance sheet somehow and the the price of apple subsequently falling i don't think that that would happen that wouldn't make sense which is why i almost wonder if this upbit scandal is the true reason for the sell-off today it seems so disconnected from a genuine reason for cryptos to fall 10 or 20 percent so maybe all those upbit users are scrambling to liquidate their bitcoin into whatever the Korean national dollar is. But even then, they would still have their Korean cash on the Upbit exchange. Their money would still be tied up in Upbit. That wouldn't make sense. You would think they would just be transferring their Bitcoins to another wallet. Like, if we were to hear that Coinbase is suddenly having issues with the Securities and Exchange Commission, I think our knee-jerk reaction, Chris, would be to move our coins out of Coinbase to another, another wallet, not to liquidate everything for US dollars, though that money would still be with Coinbase. Yeah, it's it's a tricky, I mean, I think the, when we use another, when we use other examples, um, what causes people to start getting emotional is emotional react, you know, these emotional reactions is panic and fear. Uh, if you were, use the example if you were going to go to the the mall today you wake up you head to the mall and you get there and you realize and you're going there to buy let's say a pair of shoes 
new pair of soccer sneakers because it's soccer season's coming out for your kids and your kids need soccer sneakers. I'm thinking this through as I say it. So if it doesn't sound like I know what I'm talking about, it's because of that. So get to the mall. Your kid needs soccer sneakers. You've been planning on doing this. You're trying to think what kind of sneakers I'm wanting. And you get there and you notice there's 100 people walking in and there's a wall full of 10 sneakers. And at that point, you realize that there's a problem. I'm not going to be able to do this transaction that the way I wanted to. And you start freaking out. And you start grabbing sneakers before even you, you grab a sneaker and you're holding on to it. And you don't even know if it's the right size, if it's the one you want, if it's even a soccer sneaker. You're freaking out. And I think if we equate that to a market that you show up to do some trading, my market's not open. Right then and there, your expectation of what you're expecting to do is changed, which is going to trigger a fearful change response. We just said this the other day, people don't like change. That trigger is going to allow you to act irrationally. You're probably going to do a number of things. You're going to take your cryptos that you have. You're going to try to get them out. It's not going to work. You're going to have server delays. It's going to freak you more out. But that's the key word, get them out. What does that mean? Does that mean sell your cryptos for US dollars or whatever the Korean dollar is or just move your cryptos out of the whatever this Korean exchange name is to cold storage yeah a it, cold storage wallet it it's tough to say i mean that the, the the exchange may not allow you to do all of the options that you normally are allowed to do which would make you panic even more but if you were to move them off the exchange you'd send them to a different wallet. So, which means you'd send them to a different exchange, to an offline wallet, to a wallet on your phone. You'd be sending them to another address that you would have control of, a wallet address. Um, or you would try to sell them, and that's probably what we most likely would see happen, is people would, I'm gonna get my money out. And what I mean to get it out is, I'm gonna get it into a, something that I trust more. And then they'll flee to a, you know, a fiat currency like, their their local dollar or US dollar and that will drive the price down and then this panic basically will settle in and you know create more problems maybe the the exchange doesn't have all those dollars to to hand out or in South Korea's case do you know what the name of the South Korean currency is I don't the one the one the South Korean one W-O-N I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that so this makes sense to you, Chris, then, that worries about an exchange getting shut down or disabled or crypto, your, your crypto holdings with that exchange disappearing, this would cause a 10 to 20% sell-off in cryptocurrencies. I don't know if it's 10 to 20%, but... We're, um, at, we're, we're at minus... Well... Bitcoin that's, minus 8%. I'm not Ethereum, sure if that's minus the, what's causing the, the dip today, but um, fear definitely, the, the fear that might be associated with that is what's causing it. What's, what's interesting is very, unless people are stealing, there's no money leaving the marketplaces. The value of this is really driven by people acting on their fears or their greed. So, uh, and I'm looking up a, Cointelegraph uh, article and the reason why the uh, up bit was investigated was that they were 
the there was suspicion that they were falsifying their oh where was it i just had it here i think they're balance sheets faking their balance sheets and deceiving investors so i don't really think that they were from that i don't deduct that they were scamming people that were within the exchange or people doing trades or taking money but i think the people's response is people's response would be if there's any sort of wrongdoing that, that i'm going to be taken advantage of and then they panic where I, I this is so vague that it's really hard to see what actual problem would be happening but that said people see stuff like this or they visit the exchange that the government stopped the exchange from working it is going to have a there will be an emotional response and that's that's possibly what we're seeing and i think the reason why we're talking about this and the reason why you know you david and i what i would tell listeners is when we see the market move like this if we look for the reasons why there isn't actually a problem with cryptocurrency there's a emotional response being driven by an action of like the government and so when i see things like this and the market taking a hit how long do i think this effect is going to be and that's where i go it might be a good time to get in it might be a good time to buy some more hold it for two weeks market recovers take my gains and and that's kind of what we keep circling back to on this show is what is our thesis for buying and holding an investment whether it's bitcoin whether it's a house or a share of apple stock we have to have a certain set thesis in place and if and when the price of whatever we're holding whatever asset we have starts to fall we have to ask ourselves if that thesis still rings true if the reason that we bought whatever we bought is still there and if it's still there if we're truly disciplined as investors then what should we do we should buy more because we're getting a discount based on some fear some uncertainty some uncertainty or some other factors that have nothing to do with our original reason for buying whatever we bought and looking as hard as I could into why cryptos are down so much in the last three days and then 10 to 20% today, I couldn't find any other reason other than some exchange in Korea is getting investigated by the South Korean government. That has nothing to do with Bitcoin. Or does it? No, I, I mean, it has nothing to do with the actual uh currencies themselves it's just how people interact with them and people the so the other thing that we probably it will take a little bit of a cup a day or two more to really unfold is if there's been some big uh volume trading that has affected this so if somebody's unloaded uh large amounts of coin uh that would have triggered it and I, usually that takes a day or two to to kind of come out and so if that's the case and that's what's happening and more of it happens we could see another drop um so i would if i had to take a guess and what i'll, I'll do some more reading tonight and then i'll probably make a, a decision is i'll probably put a quarter of my money back into crypto my 
money that I choose to put into crypto, not my quarter of my worth. Um, and then if it continues to go down more, I'll continue to buy more, you know, and if it continued to drop worst case scenario, I think I'd be buying over the next week. So I'd be pre basically preparing to start tonight and buy through the end of next week. It's funny that we continue to quote Warren Buffett who hates cryptocurrencies, but is the greatest investor of all time. And there's essentially 83 billion reasons why he's the greatest investor of all time. But we'll quote, we'll quote Warren Buffett and say, we must be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. And oh, it Buffett. sounds like there is a good amount of fear entering cryptocurrency markets. If that fear is largely unfounded, then let's strike with conviction. Let's capitalize. Let's get a discount on an asset that long term we believe will appreciate and will greatly appreciate. Discounts are fun. Discounts are fun. So the big takeaways, if your thesis for an investment is not impacted by some bad news, by some fear, then don't sell your investment. In fact, take it as an opportunity to possibly buy more of that investment at a discount. And lesson number two, try not to keep your coins on exchanges as much as possible. And I am as at fault for this as anyone as the great Bitcoin educator Andreas Antonopoulos says, if you don't control your private keys, then they are not truly your cryptocurrencies. The whole point of cryptos is that we are bypassing intermediaries or third parties who would control our money and we're gonna control our money ourselves. And we're gonna transact that money however and whenever we want with whoever we want with no constraints as far as banks or wire transfers. So why then would we allow our cryptos to be held and controlled by another entity, whether that entity is Upbit or Coinbase, we're essentially doing the same thing that we would do keeping money in a debit account with Wells Fargo or Bank of America. So let's use cryptos the way that they were designed which is to be controlled 100% by the user. And on that note, there was another interesting article that appeared on Cointelegraph today. It was entitled, Crypto Wallets Explained. So when we talk about securing our assets, this is a crucial conversation to be had, whether you are brand new to cryptos or a more seasoned user, the next five or 10 minutes of discussion could prove to be pretty valuable to you. So first and foremost, what is a cryptocurrency wallet? Well, it's just a piece of software that enables you to send and receive cryptos, such as Bitcoin. They can be used to store multiple coins at once. However, most wallets will support a predefined set of cryptocurrencies. So make sure to double check uh, that whatever wallet you download or purchase will be able to support the keys of your specific coin. Wallets are used to store your private keys. So these are long lines of code that should be known only to you and to your wallet. They, they must match with a public key. 
and this will allow you to spend your money, your cryptocurrencies. Remember, as a crypto owner, you own half of a key, the private half of that key. The other half is public. So if anyone else somehow discovers that key, then they might as well own your cryptocurrency. So if another entity like Coinbase controls your private key, then a lot of people would say it might as well not even be your Bitcoin or your Ethereum. And we've seen this unfortunately actually happen. We've seen it actually go sideways with a lot of uh, major exchanges, Mt. Gox probably being the most prominent, prominent example. We'll get to that later. Um, everything centers around being able to store your keys. It, it's not necessarily that you store your crypto coins. So cryptos don't work like fiat money. You don't physically move X quantity of Bitcoin from one bank account to another. No, you store your private keys. Theoretically, you could just write your private keys down on a piece of paper and be sure to never lose that piece of paper and never let anyone find it. But most people will wisely opt for something a little bit different, some other storage methods. So one is a cold wallet, which literally looks like a USB flash drive. <coughs> Excuse me, the two, and Chris, feel free to jump in at any time. The, the two most popular are the Trezor or the Treasure and the Ledger Nano. These are physical wallets you can hold in your hand. So a setup would be you store your private keys on this wallet and then lock the wallet up in a safe deposit box. Now, if you ever want to buy or sell some cryptos <coughs> off of that wallet, excuse me, you would need to go retrieve it from the bank vault or wherever you stored it. So when you talk about cryptocurrencies as, as a medium of exchange, hardware wallets might not be the most convenient. This is where software wallets might come into play. These are wallets that come in the form of apps that you would download to your smartphone or your computer. This will allow ease of transaction. The possible downside, a hacker could, keep, could seize control of your computer or your phone and could drain your cryptos from your wallet. It sounds kind of unlikely. Unfortunately, it happens all the time. And kind of the third general type of wallet is a hosted wallet. So these operate a lot like a traditional banking app. Uh, so you would like you would download the Bank of America app to your phone and use it to manage your checking account. In theory, a company could use the private keys that you have entrusted them with to steal or, see, or uh, freeze your funds. These are by and large the least secure type of wallet and they in many ways defeat the point of cryptocurrencies to begin with, to begin with which is 100% user control of money exchanged person to person with no intermediary and unfortunately there have been very notable instances of hosted wallet theft uh, i alluded to earlier the infamous example of mount gox a crypto exchange in Japan wherein 400 million, I think it might even be more than that, worth of Bitcoin was stolen from users' wallets, Mt. Gox users' wallets. 450 million. 
So closer to $500 million worth of Bitcoin up and vanished from Mt. Gox user wallets. These users have no recourse because cryptos are anonymous transactions. It's very unlikely. It's pretty much not going to happen that the stolen Bitcoin will ever be tracked down. So on a day when the fourth largest cryptocurrency exchange shuts down, and who knows what that means for people that have their keys on that exchange. Mm -hmm. Chris, what are the big lessons, the big takeaways that we can remind ourselves of in terms of storing our private keys and keeping our cryptocurrency secure? Uh, I think I'd... Diversification. Don't keep all your eggs in one basket. Uh, I think even if you were to keep your cryptocurrencies on a cold storage device, um, and I have a treasure, but I also do have funds in Gemini and Coinbase uh, wallets. So I I don't know if one of them is the best. I think that they all have their pros and they all have their cons, but you know, if, if you were trying to ward yourself or protect yourself from a bad scenario, uh, if you can diversify that scenario, you most likely will be less affected. So what would that look like? So let's say I have $1,000 worth of cryptocurrencies and I want to diversify for the sake of security how I store my private keys. Now, I am partly an investor, but I also transact cryptocurrencies maybe a couple times a week. So what would a good setup for me look like with my, uh, just using $1,000 worth of Bitcoin as an example? $1,000 isn't um, probably enough to warrant keeping it onto a treasure or a cold storage. So I would keep it on two exchanges like Gemini or Coinbase. I'd keep half of it in one exchange and half of it in the other. And I would do my trading on those two different exchanges. You could do the same triggers. Um, and the benefit of that is those two markets are, the pricing is probably gonna be most likely the same. And the likelihood of both of those being uh, attacked is very unlikely. So in the event that one exchange was incredibly hacked and we had a big problem like Mt. Gox all over again. Uh, instead of losing all your money, you'd lose half of it. And I'm pretty sure all the guys and gals that lost all of their money in Mt. Gox, if you could say, hey, well, what if you only lost half of it? I think they'd be like, yeah, that'd be awesome because they'd have a tremendous amount of value still. Um, so diversification. I would with a thousand dollars, I'd leave it off. Of, I would keep it on two exchanges. Well, okay, a thousand. Let's say ten thousand dollars. Well, let's say a hundred thousand dollars. Because I think a hundred thousand dollars starts breaking. Well, I think an important thing here is we shouldn't try to decide what a lot of money is to us versus other people. Well, I'm not. Thousand dollars might be. Yeah, my reason for that was just the the cost of. Um, I haven't done a lot of current exchange uh, transactions. So the fees for transactions are do have a cost. And if we're not exchange, if we're not 
to send money from GDAX or into GDAX or out of GDAX to a private wallet, you're going to pay fees for that. And so if we're doing this all the time for small amounts of money, uh, it won't be efficient. Um, but if you're, say, moving $100,000, it might, you are, you're basically saying, I would have to look up what the current Bitcoin fee would be, but I remember it was 50 bucks at a, at a time, you know, and so if you're going to move $100 and it costs you 50 bucks to move it, it's not really worth it. But if you're concerned about keeping a hundred grand, um, $50 might warrant it, but I would even say 50 bucks is a lot of money to do a transaction. Um, so that was really not to say that the thousand dollars isn't a lot or a little to someone, but just more or less the transaction costs. Um, and there is a transaction cost every time we move money between wallets. I've heard it described as this question of how much to keep on your exchange wallet. I've heard it delineated as if you were to suddenly lose all the money that you have on a hosted exchange wallet, whatever that number is to you, if that were to seriously impact your life, you probably have too much money on that exchange and you should probably get some of it shifted over to either a software wallet on your smartphone or computer or cold storage. So Sorry, I don't know that one. how did we trigger <laughs> Echo? Uh, I think, think of the word uh, computer. Computer. That's what, I don't know, you uh, said something close to that. Okay. So for the People's Crypto Breakdown on Friday, May 11th, we thank you so much for listening. A little bit of a down day for cryptos based on some possible fraud going on with one of the major cryptocurrency exchanges. Just a good day to double back and get back to some fundamentals. So we try to buy when things go down because that gives us a discount and we try to store our assets, cryptocurrencies or otherwise, securely. Uh, that said, some full disclosure for you, we own cryptocurrencies. This show is not investment advice. This show is a challenge to you, the listener, to think for yourself and make your own investment decisions using the best information available. We are certainly not experts, you should assume cryptocurrencies have a reasonable chance of going to zero, so never invest more than you can afford to lose. Always be vigilant, always dream big. Our theme music is by the Heatley Brothers, and they offer some royalty-free music on their YouTube channel. Thank you so much for listening!